Welcome back to another conversation that we're going to have today. Don't let anyone or anything steal the more that God has given to you. And I remember going through the front door, kind of assuming that the deed had already been done. And I realized, oh my word, the intruder is there. I ran. (laughs) Our enemy, who wants to literally steal away from us the stuff that God has given us. The fact that there's an enemy who is actually after it shows that it's it's valuable. We, We sometimes can be like that. We just walk around following what everyone else is doing instead of thinking, actually, no, I'm called for more. Welcome back to another conversation that we're going to have today. And it's a conversation, as always, between ourselves, but with you. And we want you to get fully involved, don't we, Leah? Absolutely. It's important we get into discussion and conversation, evaluation, all the shun words. All the shuns. <laughs> conversation, discussion, evaluation. Can you think of another one? Uh, I, elevation. <laughs> It's just the first word that came into my head. We all want to be elevated. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but yes, the most important thing is, is we want people to go away with tools to how to uh, really get this more that Jesus wants to bring us, how we become better disciples of Jesus Christ, how we get to know who he is more so that we can know who we are more. Absolutely. And I didn't have lots of sleep last night. Didn't you? No. Oh. Uh, partly it was because of a little furry friend who doesn't want <laughs> to sleep not in me. his... <laughs> yes, it's not Leanne. I'm not your little furry friend. <laughs> you take good care of yourself, so you're definitely not furry. And <laughs> But no, it's Woody. Won't go Our in his dog. crate. He sleeps on the bed. But not only that, we got a text because we had an intruder alert. There was an intruder alert. At yes. the church centre building mm. here in Newark. And so I had to get up and go down to the building. And we all knew that it wasn't actually going to be anything. It's always a spider or a moth or a cobweb blows in front of the sensor and sets it off. Yes, yeah. but, but you can you never be sure. You just yeah, know the one time exactly. that you ignore it. It's going to be something bad. You can guarantee, can't you? <laughs> and it brought back memories. Do you remember that night? I think it was, it's probably going to be more than this, but more than, probably 15 years ago. Oh, yeah. No, I can actually tell you when it was. Erin was a baby. So we're talking 20, at least 20 years old. 20 years old. Now mm. this, I, I don't think we had an alarm on the building then that, at the church, but I yeah. went down late on a Saturday night I think I needed something It was you needed to, to get something out of your office and your office used to be just in the old building, it used to be just in the entrance, the foyer part, wasn't it? Just so you didn't have to go into the main thing. It was just like a little room off the uh, foyer. And I drove yeah. up and when I got to the front door, just my heart sank because I saw that it, the door had been kicked in. <laughs> and just I, it was the first feeling that I've had of somebody intruding Mm. and having taken something potentially. And I remember going through the front door, kind of assuming that the deed had already been done. But little did I know, I walked into the auditorium and I I looked across, kind of there was a little bit of light that was coming into the auditorium. And I looked across uh, the, the rows of seats And there I I squinted and I looked and there was a bowed head with a hood over. 
Now, this was either somebody so eager to be in church the next day <laughs> that they <laughs> wanted to get... reserving their seat. <laughs> well, we always have those people who need to get in to get their seat. You know, so I thought maybe this is a, a hyper-exuberant, enthusiastic <laughs> parishioner <laughs> who would who would who would lock themselves in the building wow. to make sure that they had their seat. I mean, that would be extreme, wouldn't it? And that they, would be. Maybe they were having an evening of confession or <laughs> something like that. But no, actually, that quickly evaporated that thought, and I realised, oh my word, the intruder is there, and he, and I now know it was he. He was just bent over. He was probably there thinking, what do I do now? <laughs> and I caught. stood at the door thinking what do i do now and there was this moment that felt like it was an hour and i i can tell you how the story ended you rushed over you tackled the intruder you wrestled him to the floor and you retrieved the items and you won a bravery award no i oh. ran <laughs> <laughs> I, ran legged for your life. I legged that's it. I legged it. That's out. the right thing to do. Do not tackle. Just absolutely run. <laughs> I, I ran outside and then I called you and I said, What do I do? What do I do? I remember this because I think my we had some relatives of mine staying over at the time. That's right. And it was quite late. It was like about midnight, wasn't it? Something like that. And I do remember thinking, Oh no, what do I do? Waking them up on the old house phone that oh, you yeah. called me on because we had mobiles but they weren't like smartphones were they but then and I was like oh no but yeah so uh, I do remember that very clearly that's that's quite some time ago now what is amazing though isn't it? you you do remember events mm. and moments that kind of impact you emotionally and in that moment it was the first time I felt like somebody had violated mm. you know our as a church you know our property and I can't even remember now if anything actually was taken. I don't think there was anything taken. But I do eventually. remember what happened that evening. You came home, but somebody did decide to tackle them. A true man. <laughs> A true man. And your dad slept the whole night with a hammer in his hand on the back row of the, of the auditorium. Yeah, my dad was lying lying asleep in there all night uh, <laughs> ready to case. protect because we had no way of protecting the building then it was all it was kind of barricaded up but it wasn't very safe was it he had so. an alarm installed yeah. the following week we but but it was that moment of feeling that something had been taken mm. and it was a weird feeling it was the first time i'd ever experienced it so mm. i thought leanne maybe because this is connected to what we're talking about today and the passage that we're going to go to in the bible but i thought a great interaction question to kind of ask people would be have you had anything taken away from you in the past you know have you had anything stolen destroyed or taken how did it make you feel you know this could be light-hearted or obviously it could be quite serious but let's just share some of those stories in discussion now and those feelings that we feel are really important for us just to think about mm. right now because we're going to talk about a part of the Bible and something that Jesus talked about, about the fact that there is a thief and he wants to steal more than just what is in a church building. Yeah, He wants to steal more than maybe what's in a handbag or what's in or a mobile phone. And so what we're talking about is really significant, mm, isn't it? Absolutely, because this is not, talk, like you said, we're not talking about physical things. We're not talking about possessions. Um, we're, 
when Jesus talks about the thief, he's talking about Satan, the devil, our enemy, who wants to literally steal away from us the stuff that God has given us. Um, and so that's what we're going to look at today. Shall we read the story? So if you want to read along, um, if you've got a device or if you've got a Bible or whatever, or you can read with us on the screen. We're going to look at John chapter 10 and verse 10. Um, and these verses have been quite... Um, significant i would say for us right from the very outset of kind of our journey of leadership and leading church and your particularly your kind of vision um we even had um we even had a a kind of a what is it what were we a band yes or a a movement a group a group that we were part of we (laughs) (laughs) said choral group we used to go out to do stuff with youth didn't we on weekends weekends away called hyper life because for those of you who remember us it is a clue because that is again that's about 23 plus almost a quarter of a century has gone past since we were there and we were part of a band that we did music we wrote our own songs and it was all about this this kind of title of hyper life so that's the kind of clue to what we want to talk about today from john 10 10 so it says um in john 10 very truly i tell you pharisees anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by by name and leads them out. When he's brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this as a figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays his life down for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. The wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he has a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. So a great passage and as you said a passage that's had a a profound impact upon us and our journey you know we had hyper life we've had mission 1010 which were mission mission weeks that we used to run to go into around the uk and to kind of go and share the news about jesus and i think we've had multiple other names that reflect the same principle that jesus came to give life and life in all its fullness Mm. or life in its abundance And so I think it's really important that we take this apart because when we read that Jesus came to give life, of course, we're not talking about days, are we? We're not talking about, you know, the the life that we already have, you know, in the sense that, you know, I'm alive, you're breathing, I'm breathing, we're alive. There's a life that is beyond that, bigger than that, that is in each of us. And, and in that life, there are, we're going to look at three things that are in that life that God has packed into you 
that the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And I think, Leanne, the fact that there's an enemy who is actually after it shows that it's, it's valuable. Absolutely. And why would he want to take it away? If it wasn't valuable, why would he want to steal it? And I think, you know, that's why Jesus talks about so much about being the good shepherd. You know, he actually really cares for us in a way that we perhaps will never fully understand this side of heaven, of how much he wants to love, protect us and keep the good that he's given us in us. Um, and he will do anything to, to protect that. And he did. It's, he says there that he's the good shepherd. I lay my life down for the sheep. This was obviously, he said these words in John 10 before he'd actually gone and, yeah. and died on the cross. But he knew what his life was about. He knew it was to lay himself down, not just in death, but in everything, lay aside his majesty of heaven to come and live on earth for us to to see and to be saved. And so, you know, that, that whole thing of why would he do all that? Why would he give his own life for us? Why would God send his only son to die for us if what we have got and what he want, what, how he sees us is not valuable? And that's why, you know, we have this picture of the thief coming to steal and kill and destroy and the wolf. You know, it's the, all these mm. analogies of that we have to be on our guard. We have to be aware. There is no good us being, you know, disciples of Jesus Christ kind of be being a, a part of the kingdom of God and going that's it now just put my feet up wait for my days to to tick along and then you know just see out my days go to heaven that is so against what Jesus came to bring us so it says their life and life in all its fullness actually we have to be on our guard and we have to realize that there is something that God has always got the more for us that's what we're talking about the more and that life is not just existence that life is heaven in you. Mm. Now, this is really important because we've said this in recent weeks. You know, Jesus said, I've come to save that which was lost. He can save that which was lost. And that which was lost is, is all the potential that he's placed inside of you. And Jesus said, when you pray, pray this. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, there's a, a life that is the fullness of life. Mm. It's life beyond anything you've already experienced. That's exciting. I mean, like we've said, the last quarter of a century has gone pretty quick. <laughs> and we've had lots of life Absolutely. in that last 25 years. But the life that is still in us, mm. heaven that's in us, there's so much more. There's so much more. And God wants to bring that life through us. Because that life, Leanne, is not just about us living it, is it? That life that Jesus came to protect as the good shepherd from the thief, from stealing it, isn't just about us enjoying a nice <clears throat> lifestyle. It's life that that is to come through us and is going to bring life to others. Yeah, and, and maybe, you know, if you're listening to this, you're thinking, my life's not that great right now. You know, it might be thinking, I'm living, not, I'm not, living my life to to its fullest extent i'm just existing i'm just getting by you know i'm just managing to scrape through each day because even as you know christians even as disciples of jesus we can have times where we feel like that oh, where yes. we are literally just getting by and this isn't to make people feel condemned and oh i'm not living my life to the full you know i'm wasting but that that shouldn't be the permanent state you know we have times and periods where it's difficult but we have to understand that that 
God has not created us to live a life where we just let it tick over and just get by. Um, I, otherwise, that verse isn't true. And we know that everything that is in the Bible is true. So when Jesus says, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. So it isn't like just give you life and tick it over until you die and to the full. But it always means impacting other people. And I think that's the key is that if you're sitting there today and you're feeling, oh, I'm not really you know, living my life to fall. What is my life about? It is beyond you. Your life is actually beyond just you and your days. It is always to impact someone else, to have an impact in someone else's life. And that is something that's experienced and and qualified by not even just Christians. People know that by helping others, they feel better. That is a, that's a kind of a fact of the, the, the world, but it was created by God that actually our purpose is always in helping other people, that that full, fullness is in other people. That's so true. The value of what we carry goes up when we are giving it to others. Mm. And I think the, if the enemy can convince you, and I think he's probably already started convincing some of us, and like Leanne said, we're all prone to this. Doesn't matter how long we've followed Christ, doesn't matter how long we've heard about this verse and we've read this verse there will always be those moments when we just feel like we're existing and that actually our life doesn't carry tremendous value but we're going to unpack now these three areas where we've got to remind ourselves what is in this life that the shepherd is trying to protect and also what's in this life that the enemy is trying to rob steal kill and destroy because right now i guarantee it you and i and us we are underestimating the value mm. of what we've already got just before we look at these three things it reminds me of something ruben's gone on a bit of a a selling spree recently he's he's discovered a vintage and ebay <laughs> and he's got a bit of his dad's uh, kind of yeah ducking and diving he definitely has selling and buying more selling than buying i think <laughs> Yeah, because I'm looking around and saying, he's asking for a jumper to wear and he sold everything. <laughs> he sold his clothes. All his Christmas presents have gone. <laughs> That's it. Like day by day, he's asking, have I got a jumper? Have I got a t-shirt? And, and Leanne's like, what about those that I've ironed? He's like, sold them. <laughs> Quite he's literally. Very good at his uh, business. Yeah, the problem is he's not buying clothes <laughs> Back. to replace. He's buying other things. So we've got to keep supplying the clothes. But one of the things that he had uh, that he didn't realise how valuable it was until he looked, was a little uh, miniature mm. Lego figure, yeah. and not even the figure, just, just the, the head, head <laughs> of a Lego figure. And he sold the head for 50 quid. I mean, I'd have thrown that head away, like because it, it didn't even I look that special. It. But there's a classic example of what do you already have that you don't, recognize the value mm. and you need somebody Ruben uh, through his research understood the value of what he had and I think isn't that what the, the shepherd does the shepherd highlights the value that we carry mm. um, but there are three areas aren't there Leanne that we're going to look at and uh, we're going to look at the first one what's the first one yeah the first thing is that and, and obviously the kind of overarching uh, message for today is don't let anyone or anything steal the more that God has given to you. Um, and so the kind of three areas that we look at, the first one is that the thief would come to steal why you're here, your purpose, in other words, why you're here. Um, and I think that's really key is that when we look at these verses, it's clearly obvious that the thief wants to steal, 
kill and destroy, but Jesus has come to, to give us life. And we could say that, and it sounds quite nice, and it's a lovely verse, but what does that actually mean? What is this why you're here? What is that that, that he could destroy or take away? And, and it's things like our mindset. You know, if you just look at that in itself, it's very easy, even as disciples, just to get into the to the wrong mindset, the wrong thinking, the wrong, you know, conversation in our minds about who we are, who God is, who other people are. And and that's, for me, a huge area where the enemy, where Satan, where the thief can come in and literally destroy our mindset, destroy our thinking. But, you know, he's not in complete he's not in control we're in control of that we can actually reject that thinking change that thinking so it's not like oh i'm being attacked by the thief or the enemy and just roll over and let it happen we have to put up a fight we have to you know be on guard that no i'm not going to have that mindset things like um vision for instance we can end up saying oh there's nothing in my future you know there's i don't have purpose or or you know constantly saying that I, I don't have anything in my life that we need to get a vision this faith you know we can have a, a sense of where the enemy can come and steal our faith and um, we just don't believe for anything don't believe God can do anything for us um, our potential which is a result of those things I think you know he, he will come and steal our potential because there is so much potential in you so much potential in me that we can't even begin to understand but the enemy can come and, and steal that potential away by changing our mindset and, and affecting our faith. And it's a, essentially that's the results that we see in our lives. And we kind of look and go, oh, I'm not seeing much fruit. I'm not seeing many results coming from my life. Well, let's look back. What have we allowed to be stolen or destroyed or taken away, which is part of why we are here? Um, that Actually, that's part of the more that God wants to, to bring to us. Absolutely. And I think behind those five words that you've just mentioned, mindset, vision, faith, potential and results, I think that the whole thing of purpose is absolutely key. You know, self-esteem, people talk about I have low self-esteem and self-esteem is, is, is based upon how useful you feel. Mm. And that's purpose, isn't it? Yeah. Purpose is being useful and you are called by God. You are set apart by God because you are so useful mm. in the hands of God. So what God wants you to see is God wants you to see the value of what you carry, why you're alive, what you were born for, that you were born for more, for more to come to you and through you. But the enemy wants to do the opposite. Where God wants to expand, the enemy wants to shrink. And so what we thought would be a good question right now to interact over is this. Which one of those five words resonate with you in terms of if the enemy has maybe already started to convince you that, you know, you don't have this or your, your life you know, isn't going to amount to much because of this, then which of those five words is it? Does the enemy want to shrink your mindset? Is it your vision that he's shrinking? Is it your faith that he's shrinking? Is it your potential, whether you see yourself as having potential or not? Or is it the results? Well, I'm not going to have any more results. Or the results, I, I was believing for this, but that's not going to happen. Which of those five do you think the enemy is wanting to shrink? Okay, discuss this, and then we'll be back.
And, you know, Leanne, I think it's really important to just, again, remind everyone that we're not exempt from this. It's no, not something that you nail and then you're over and you move on to the next thing. There's always this constant struggle that we have where the enemy is constantly trying to get us to believe the lie that there isn't more. Exactly. And I think that's why, you know, partly why we're referred to as sheep in the Bible, you know, is because we are, sheep are not stupid animals. They appear stupid, <laughs> but they're actually really intelligent animals. But the, the whole thing of their existence is they just follow each other around, um, which helps protect them sometimes. They, you know, they want to be part of a community. Um, but actually, it also leads to their trouble because one will go off and the other one will be like, oh, I'm off too. And I think we can become easily distracted and we just become like sheep where we follow the crowd without thinking for ourselves, hey, actually... I need to, to do something here. I need to protect myself. I need to look out for myself. I need to make sure that I'm not leaving myself open to to the thief that's going to come and steal and kill and destroy. And so I think that's why Jesus talks about him being the shepherd and us being the sheep, mm-hmm. that actually we we sometimes can be like that. We just f- walk around following what everyone else is doing instead of thinking, actually, no, I'm called for more. Absolutely. And I think as we move on to the second point here, if the first point is the enemy wants to convince us that we don't have a purpose, Mm. in other words, rob us of why we're alive, the second thing that we're going to talk about is something even just this week I've experienced. So again, just letting you in on the fact that this is kind of a constant struggle at times. You know, this week I was uh, looking at a, a decision that I need to make and to start to do something but to make that decision, which is a good decision, it's a decision I believe God wants me to make. But in before kind of stepping out in, into that decision, I, I, I almost lost all motivation for that decision mm. because I was looking at that through the lens of past failures. Yeah. And it was almost as if the enemy was, was reminding me of all the times when I haven't done or I've failed and that was causing me to to tempt me to not make this good decision and that decision on the other side of making that decision i believe is an opportunity yeah. a god opportunity so the second area is that the enemy wants to rob us of those opportunities yeah. so if he can cause us to to surrender a good decision and to default to a bad decision or a poor decision then that's his objective Ultimately, if he can stop you doing what you are created to do, which is purpose, but also, it's also the kind of the what, the opportunities, um, then you get caught up in in absolute lockdown. Um, and I love what the verses say. If we go back to, to John 10, it talks about how uh, the shepherd has gone ahead of them. It says in verse four, when he's brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. And I think that's really key is for us to remember that when we've got opportunities, Jesus has gone ahead of us. This isn't something where we're just out wide open like a sheep on a field waiting to be attacked. Jesus has gone ahead of us and we follow his voice. So if you're saying, well, God, where are the opportunities? Maybe they've all been stolen away. Well, no, maybe we just need to listen out for his voice and understand that Jesus has already gone ahead of us. 
He's prepared the way. The Bible clearly talks about how he's prepared in advance for us, uh, things for us to do, good things. But we just need to listen to his voice and follow what he's doing. But we can allow those opportunities to pass us by or to be stolen or destroyed by the first thing that we were talking about, you know, allowing the mindset to be changed or our faith to be altered and for our potential to be diminished. So it's really important that we don't allow those opportun- opportunities to uh, disappear or be destroyed because of our own doing, really. And I think you've highlighted the key there, which is we've got to learn what his voice sounds mm. like. Because the truth is, earlier on this week, I was I was listening to the wrong voice. And at first, that voice sounded reasonable. Yeah. It sounded rational. Mm. It sounded, some would say, being a realist. You know, it, that's that's what that voice kind of sounded like. But actually... When I took it to God in prayer, which again is where you can expose what that voice is, mm. you know, is it the is it the voice of an enemy? Is it the voice of my self doubt, my me being self critical, or is it the voice of God? You know, mm. saying you shouldn't do that because sometimes God does speak to us and say, no, don't go that way, go this way. But the the way to understand what the voice is is to learn the, what the voice of Jesus sounds like and that is really key the sheep know his voice so if i asked you leanne like how do we learn what the voice sounds like if 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 the shepherd protects that life that he came Mm -hmm. to give that purpose those opportunities and then the third area we're going to look at in the moment but what practically can we do to learn that voice which protects us from the enemy the interesting thing is is when we talk about you know that that voice, we're not talking about an audible voice. I've never all. heard you the know, audible I have, voice. No, no, I think Go some on. people may have. Um, you know, it's more of like a sensing in your spirit. It's something that you've not in our feelings. In like, oh, I feel. When we talk about feelings, we feel it in our spirit, the real part of who we are, because our spirit that's what's connected us to God. It is not this physical part of us. Um, although God created that, it's our spirit, the real you, the real me, which is hidden with Christ in God. That's how we. Um, communicate and so it's really important that you we're not kind of sitting there waiting to hear God's voice you may and maybe that has happened to you lots of people have experienced that absolutely amazing I wish that was the case although I'd be a bit afraid I think if I really did hear the voice of God I'd be like oh Um, (laughs) but I but we have to remember that it's the still small voice Mm. that is what we're looking for here it's that that really kind of deep um, nudging it's kind of almost like a guidance and again coming back to the good shepherd the good shepherd doesn't you know beat the the sheep over the head you're doing the wrong thing you know and kicking them back the good shepherd loves his sheep he might use his staff to pull them back from danger but it's it's out of love but it's that still small voice and they recognize it if you were to say what's practical you know before you become a christian before you are um a disciple of Jesus you know we talk about intuition or gut instincts don't we so we have a gut instinct that something's off or something's good but I believe when we are disciples of Jesus Christ and our spirit becomes alive which was once dead but now it's alive through Jesus Christ I believe now it's not gut instinct anymore but it's actually our spirit that, mm. that is because of the Holy Spirit living inside of us the indwelling like God instinct it is it's the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that has now come to live inside of us that's how we've become alive that is now what we listen to mm. so if something if in your gut is saying no 
or yes, or not just, oh, I feel or I want to, but in your gut, you know. I would say pretty much that is the voice of the Holy Spirit. Good. That is the voice of God because it's what we felt in our gut before we were Christians is just a kind of a moral thing. Now it's the Holy Spirit in our spirit talking to us. But that takes a bit of time and effort and patience and tuning in because, you know, we have to learn what that is because otherwise it can be confused with the thief or our, even our own wants and desires. And sometimes it isn't, you know, the devil directly speaking to us. He uses our own emotions and our own feelings and our own desires to turn in on ourselves and and destroy. So, but it takes time, takes time to listen, to read God's word, to pray, mm. to get with, you know, people that we are, that we trust who are also on the same journey to be accountable to. And that's how we really learn what the voice of God is. That's good. And I think you, you use the analogy there of, you know, the fact that our spirit is, is reconnected mm. to God. And we've talked before about, you know, that network being a bit like our phone network. And, and, you know, the, the, what we're doing right now requires that network to be in operation for us yeah. to be able to communicate. If that network goes down, the communication stops. So I think every day, a practical thing that we can do, along with what you've just said, Leanne, is to acknowledge, you know, Proverbs 3, 5, 6 says, trust in the Lord mm, with Lord all your heart. heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your past acknowledging god is saying okay i'm tuning into the network mm. and the amazing thing is one of the little devices that we've had uh, since we've had woody who is fast becoming an internet sensation or a, a, a social <laughs> media sensation um, is we have a security camera that my brother-in-law uh, you know lent us and it's a, a fantastic little device and it's been incredibly useful and the the, the camera connects to our network yeah and when it's connected to the network, wherever we are, it could be anywhere in the country, it could be anywhere in the world, um, providing that we've got a phone, then we can be alerted as to whether he's awake or not, or if he's in distress or not. And it will send a little alert to our phone, okay? And, and on my watch, my watch will buzz. I know it. So my watch will go or my phone will buzz, but I don't know what's happened. It's almost like there's a little nudge and and it's because it's connected to the network. And I think, you know, that's there to obviously protect the dog from, you know, being in distress, also protect the house from intruders. Mm. But that's what the voice of God for me is mm. like. It is like that a little alert. I don't know what the alert is. It is that little nudge that providing that I'm tuned into the network, I'm acknowledging him and God yeah. doesn't hide from us. He's not hiding from mm. us, but he's waiting for us to acknowledge him. And so am I making a good or a bad decision? Well, if I acknowledge him, then he will direct my path. Yeah. He will protect my path. He will protect my path from, from being diverted from an enemy who wants to pull me off course. And we've seen that in lead mm. church leadership so many yeah. times. It's probably one of the most sad things that we ever get to witness. And mm. we see it sometimes generationally, the impact of when somebody's yeah. pulled off course. If the enemy can pull you off course, it's not just you. It's everybody that you Definitely. have influence over. And you mm. think, oh, but I've not got any influence. Trust me, your influence yeah. is a is hundred times more than what you think it Definitely. is. Definitely. And so the, the enemy wouldn't be interested otherwise. So the enemy is after what we do. He's after yeah. why we're alive. Um, and then 
the final. Which is the ultimate, is, really. This is the ultimate. It's, this is kind of we've we've done it the wrong way round. We've gone outside to in today, but we're we we finally ending with this. This is the most important thing. It's who you are. It's your mm. identity. That is the one thing that he wants to destroy, and identity is so key in today's society people are grappling oh yeah with identity more than i probably think in the entire history of the human race um which that says a lot really um you know people are hopefully becoming closer to finding out who who jesus is but i just think today identity is something that people are grappling with more than ever because they are realizing identity is key to life yes it is key to life and Jesus knows that and mm. he knew that and God knew that when he created us. But the identity is not in a title. It's not in gender. It's not in status. It's not in position or achievement. That is not an identity. Identity is literally found in who we are in Christ. That is it. There is no other way. And, you know, that is it's wrapped up in who the good shepherd is and us as the sheep. And that's who we are. And that's all we need to know. It's almost like all the other things are just added kind of trimmings that we that we put on and stick labels and titles on. But if the thief can come and destroy that or skew it or add something to it or make a counterfeit that looks better and we go for that, we're at risk of of kind of destroying that that identity that Christ came to give us that whole thing of, you know, we had to die to ourselves when we came to, to Jesus. We had to put to death our old self and come alive in the new identity of Christ. And it says in verse nine, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. So there we can see that's exactly, we find out who we are through Jesus. Whoever enters through me will be saved. That whole analogy of the gate, and we'll unpack that a little bit more in uh, the weeks to come. But just the whole thing of our identity can only be found through coming through Jesus. Absolutely. And I think there's, a, as part of this picture, there are, there are two things that I see. I see, number one, the role of the shepherd to protect the sheep, to protect who the sheep are and why the sheep are alive and what they're capable of. But the second thing is there's a relationship. And the relationship between the shepherd also involves the other sheep. Mm. It's part of the complete picture. And if we are going to protect our identity then it is absolutely key that we come together with other disciples, with other believers. There's a safety in the group under the shepherd. The, the, the shepherd's role becomes defunct when the sheep are scattered. Mm. In fact, the, the shepherd's role is to keep the sheep together. And so when we come together, it is not a ritualistic thing, or it shouldn't be. It is actually a protection it's yeah. not even and i know sometimes we can end up treating it like this it's not a nice to have it is a need mm. to have yeah you we cannot forsake the 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 meeting together the writer of the hebrew says of of meeting together there's a safety there's a protection i understand to a great degree who i am when i'm around the sheep under the shepherd and so a key word there, Leanne, I think is accountability. Mm, accountability yeah. it creates safety. Accountability creates 
uh, that sense of security. And maybe right now, if somebody's watching this, you feel very isolated and very Mm. kind of vulnerable, just maybe like that sheep on their own. Um, It's really important that you highlight to us that you are there. Let us know that you're there. Let us know how we can help. Or if you know there are people around you who are on the same kind of journey, get with other people. Uh, even if it's one other just to talk be accountable and be uh, protect yourself because we can't do it on our own absolutely and i think this is a great kind of final interaction question that we can have because i think like, like leanne said for you maybe accountability is to start coming together with other sheep because mm-hmm. maybe you're watching this maybe you you had been part of church i'm surprised by the amount of people who have become disconnected since covid yeah. and have not reconnected so if that's you like Leanne said, let us know. But just being together as well, there's that's one thing. But actually, you can you can be somewhere but not be open. Yeah, and that's not accountability no, either. Absolutely. So again, what the question I'd like us to to answer is this: How can we make ourselves more accountable? Yeah, because if accountability is safety and security, if accountability is bringing ourselves under the shepherd. And being around sheep, and that's key to our identity, staying, being clear on our identity, then how can we increase our accountability in the coming weeks? And then we'll come back and we'll finish together. Fantastic. Well, what you've just talked about, we want to turn to action. Definitely. It's important that we don't just talk about it, but whatever you said, I need to do this to increase my accountability. Trust me, when you're around people, when you open yourself up to people, some of those conversations that we have or that we allow where we start doubting our purpose, we start doubting our decision-making, or we're prone to making poor decisions. I know, Leanne, you know, when I'm around the right people yeah. under his name, then you know, I can't go wrong. Yeah, and absolutely. I think this is where we have to understand that the thief, the enemy, will convince you that being accountable is weakness because that'll be one of his tactics to steal. Because once you go, oh, yeah, I'm fine. I don't need to be around other people. Like, poof, quickly it'll be gone and taken away. So if he can convince you that accountability is weakness, then he's done his job. But actually accountability is not weakness, it's protection. And if we see being accountable and being with other people, being coached, being encouraged as protection. We should be chasing after it and going after it for all that we've got because that is how God has designed his kingdom. That is how he's designed his people to be under that that kind of authority. Of course, we're under his authority first, but he has created the church. That's where the church functions as his family to come together. So don't see accountability and vulnerability as weakness. See it as actually it's protection from the thief that's so good so good well listen let's we're going to pray together right now Mm -hmm. because as leanne said this has been a key passage as part of our journey and we're really passionate about it and and i know that passion comes from god he's passionate about the more that he's put in you the life that he came to bring he does not want you to be shortchanged because if you're shortchanged then you're going to shortchange those that you you're alive to serve you're a vessel, you're a conduit, you're a channel through which God wants to work and God wants to bring that life to people, that love, joy, hope and peace. So come on, we're going to pray together that God will help all of us to, to be great sheep mm-hmm. <laughs> going forward, to recognize his voice as the good 
shepherd. So come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that, that you love us, that you care for us, that even though you look upon the expansiveness of this universe and the expansiveness of the human race with its billions of people, yet you are concerned mm. about the one. You are the good shepherd who, who leaves the 99 to go after the one. That's how much you value us. And I pray that every person listening, regardless of age, regardless of background, regardless of track record, that we will just experience right now a powerful sense of your presence and of that love and that warmth that you love us, that you care for us. We thank you that you are the good shepherd. And the shepherd doesn't just give us what we want, but gives us what we need. You, you, you speak to us. Help us to tune into your voice. Help us to acknowledge you every day. And as we acknowledge you, we learn that voice. We distinguish that voice from the wrong voices. Thank you for your word, mm. which is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Thank you for the purpose, the opportunity. Thank you for our identity. And I just really pray that you'll help us to increase our accountability because as we increase that accountability then we can operate from a place of health and security and being protected to bring that more that you've put in us to a world that is desperate mm. for more of you yeah. so we thank you and we pray we will all take action as a result of our conversations today in jesus name amen amen and amen <laughs>